Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There is a really, really good third man record story coming up in this episode. Oh, is there? Yeah, this is a fun. <laughs> there's a lot of laughing in this episode. I got along pretty well with these two dudes from Preoccupations. Uh, Matt, who is the uh, songwriter, main guy, also a bassist frontman, which is really cool. I love that. Yeah. And Scott Monroe, who plays a uh, synth and guitar in Preoccupations. And uh, nice. they play the opening of Jack's Detroit third man store, which was when he did that. I'm going to launch a vinyl record into space or yep. at least the atmosphere and set some record for the highest there's ever been a turntable playing a record. Oh, yeah. They were the band that played that. That's actually really fascinating. I'm sure they talk about how they were picked for that high honor. <laughs> <laughs> they don't talk about that, but they talk about what they did the day of that and what they did the evening of that show. Ooh. They had a good time for themselves. Did they get to meet Mr. White? Yeah, they met Jack White. Okay, cool. <laughs> I remember one time I went to his store in Nashville, and after like two hours of looking at everything in there, I finally had the nerve to be like, is he here? <laughs> to one of the people working, and she was like, oh yeah, he's here. And I was like, do you think he'll like he's come always, in the he's store? He's always among us. <laughs> one of those answers. He's just like a cult leader. I mean, kind of. <laughs> Not, they actually, they, they say that... um they were just hanging out there, and as soon as Jack left for the day, the two employees they were around just started smoking weed. Were they too nervous to do it while he was there? <laughs> what if Jack White's just a huge narc? <laughs> no, I don't. Think, I don't. I think he'd be cool with that. Secret life of Jack White. <laughs> yeah, that's funny that they would wait around. So, anyway, tell me. Um, should introduce you, Lindsay Havens. Yes, hello. A recurring uh, return person for those who've been keeping up with the podcast. Uh, Shout out what you've been doing for Billboard lately. Jack White things and non-Jack White related. Um, Let's see. Right now I'm working on a really fun piece with Run the Jewels, who are this year's Record Store Day ambassadors. Um, Record Store Day is something I'm a huge fan of. I've been participating in for a while. Um, And I think it makes a ton of sense that they are the ambassadors this year. So that will hopefully go up in early April. Record Store Day, I think, is April 20-something. It's the last Saturday in April. I know that. And did, then, yeah. Did you get to interview them? I did. They're the best interview. I know. So Jamie, LP, he's <laughs> did like... You, did you call him Jamie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, he's just, he's super talkative, especially when you're talking to him about something he's really passionate about, like vinyl. So that was awesome. And then, you know, Killer Mike comes in the call like 20 minutes later and he's like, so it's Killer Mike. It's like, cool. It's like backtrack the questions, dude. Um, <laughs> but they like feed off of each other really well. And then, wow, that's really the only thing I could think of. I've been very deeply ingrained in the magazine world. <laughs> and shout um, out your socials so that people can find you. 
Uh, yeah, so my social is at Lindsay Alana. I spell my name a little differently, um, L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y-A-L-A-N-A. I only have Twitter. You can only find me there. <laughs> That's about all I have to say. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got this chat I had with Preoccupations coming up. Uh, shout out their album real quick. This is uh, their third album. It's awesome. If you're into post-punk, maybe stuff like Savages, Ice Age for more recent stuff or older things like even New Order or The Cure, if that's what you're into, I think you'll be feeling this record. Uh, we don't spend a ton of time dissecting the tunes. We spend actually more time making jokes about them and <laughs> joking about a lot of other things. But um, yeah, like uh, some little bit of backstory with uh, Preoccupations. They made their first album under the name Viet Cong, and got a lot of good attention for the album. Then there was a controversy around the name. We don't really get into that in the podcast. I feel like it's just kind of past the point of that at, yeah. th- at this time. You can Google it if you need to get up to speed. But uh, that controversy kind of distracted from their second album, which was still good, but they seem really excited that finally now on the third one, people are kind of past that and focusing on the music again. And that's awesome Definitely. because... I'm really into this record, and I enjoy this talk with preoccupations. So, uh, yeah, coming up is that conversation, and uh, playing you into it, this is a track off the new album called Espionage. So this album. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, right. We are at Billboard. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a fucking awesome album. Thanks, I, really, I really like it. Um, one thing that really drew me into it was uh, the producer you worked with, Justin Meldel Johnson. Meldel Johnson? Justin Meldel Johnson. JMJ. Mm-hmm. We'll go, yeah, we'll go. I've heard JMJ a lot, and we'll go with that. He's one of my favorite producers, and I do not know how to properly say his name. Right. So apologies, but yeah, I've huge fan of what he's done with like Wolf Alice and Paramore and M83 Oh lately. right, we met those Wolf Alice people at uh Did we? Yeah, at that Pappy and Harriet's show. Oh, okay. Um yeah, yeah, he's he's done a lot of good stuff. Um and his he yeah, he mixed the record and it was honestly great. It was great working with him. It was super easy. Just like sent him all this stuff, and then he. Mm-hmm. As far as far as that goes, that was it though. I mean, he he mixed it. He basically did the tedious shit and ironed it out, and we weren't really present for any of it. But he no. didn't he didn't produce it. Okay, did you guys self produce? We yeah, self produced okay. this one, and he just mixed it. I I would work with him as a producer, maybe in some facet in the future. But this yeah, this one, too. we we cool. ended up recording and producing everything ourselves. Yeah, just in collaborating with him in general, I thought it was really interesting because for him, it was probably stepping a little bit outside what he's been working with lately. You guys, are, you guys are probably more along the spectrum of punk and experimental stuff. Yeah, and it's, some stuff from his background is along those lines. But these days, most of what he's working with is more in the alt-pop realm. That yeah. seems so. to be the case. And he, he came to us uh-huh. as a fan. And then kind of talking to him about his influences, like he draws from a lot of the same things. I think he's ended up in the bands that he's been in, 
and producing the bands that he's produced because he's like in the LA scene and sure. there's not there's not a lot of like experimental post punk going on in LA, you know. Um, but that's I think kind of his his major realm of influence when it comes to producing and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Seems like it talking to mm-hmm. him, but um, but now he's working on like metric or something, you know. Oh yeah, is it metric? Yeah, he's totally working on some. I think he does. But we are definitely kind of out out of his his box when you look at the other stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, sure. really interesting. Yeah, tell tell me more about that conversation when he talked about his influences. Maybe like why why was he so drawn to you guys? Um, I'm not. Sure. I don't know. He he really like he he approached us wanting to produce the record, and we were kind of. I think if he'd maybe come to us earlier, if we'd started the record later, then maybe we would have tried working with him in that facet too. But we were kind of already about halfway done by the time he talked to us. Mm-hmm. And so then we were just like, well, it's, you know, it's like mostly done. Like, do you want to mix the record maybe? And he was like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll mix it. And then, uh, yeah, and then that was kind of it. Like, it just kind of worked out where it was like we had, we had a, like we were just like trying to get the record done. Like I went to Montreal for six weeks and we had a studio there and then we recorded a bunch of stuff in like a ca- like a cabin in Montana for a month and that kind of stuff. But then, so we were kind of like figuring out what we were doing and like, you know, like partway done. And then it basically came up where like we had a week off after a show in Mexico and then it just in, it just in between shows, shows and it was like that that week was it was the one window that he had to mix it to and mm-hmm. so then we were just like oh, okay well we'll just get it finished by then and then we'll go to LA and mix the record there and just get it done but so, he i don't know i think our manager maybe hooked that up or like set it up but he definitely came to us and it, i don't know he was an in- interesting enough dude but we really didn't honestly spend very sure. much time with him sure um it was fairly hands-off we went into the mixing studio a couple of times just to see how it was going and have final listens to the to the mixes but yeah i went in one other day too because there was some like stuff that i'd done in one and we borrowed we borrowed some we we borrowed some microphones from them because we were literally waiting till the very very last minute before mixes to finish vocals and stuff Mm -hmm. i was was finishing vocals in the airbnb in la yeah we'd send him the mix the next day and then that's what's on the record now you know yeah was, like we recorded was very a bunch of stuff night. in mexico in the hotel too like we were just like scrambling to get it done like that uh like that antidote song like we made almost entirely in in the airbnb in la the day before they mixed it like <laughs> oh, we cool. literally just had the drums and yeah. then we and then we like knew that like you like i knew what the vocals were i had, mel- I had then, melodies but i didn't have final lyrics or anything it was it was definitely a bit of a scramble i just i had in like, general when when it came down to it just because we had that studio time book with justin and previous to that we were kind of working at our own pace we started in january and like recorded in i don't know 10 different places like it was it was very scattered and not very uh there wasn't a track that we were on, I guess. Sure. Yeah, with Antidote, that's really neat what you say about it because I like in writing down my favorite moments, especially like production wise on the album, I really liked kind of that garbled vocal effect right. towards the end of the song. They, uh, yeah, Justin did a good thing with that one. I like it. He did. He did the, like, he did the, he did the crimson. Tremolo. He did the crimson and clover effect. 
Yeah, it's like a trem thing or something. Yeah, and just like squashed it with some kind of like bit crusher or something. Um, yeah, they did good. There was, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that song was a bit of a scramble. It's pretty. Mu- I, oh, have, I had one sampler and my live keyboard rig at the Airbnb, and then it was just like. And we borrowed a really nice microphone from them, but then our monitors were like a Carmen and Cardin uh, Bluetooth. Oh, speaker. Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> that was the monitors. Yeah, <laughs> our studio studio monitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a pretty funny session. Um, that was also sick. I think. Oh yeah, right. We took a day off and went to Universal Studios too. Rode the Jurassic Park uh, nice water ride, which was pretty <laughs> fucking rad. And then the best one actually was the... Uh... Ooh, Harry Potter was fantastic. Oh, yeah, Harry Potter was fantastic. Like, good, classic, like, Universal Studios, like, in a, like flying around in a chair. Oh, yeah, this is, I did this exact trip, like, two summers ago. Yeah. I know oh, yeah, exactly yeah. what you're talking about <laughs> yeah. here. And then the Mummy, that backwards roller coaster. Oh, no, 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 not the Mummy, it was the... Oh yeah, the mummy. That mm-hmm. was like the super fast. It's a little bit coaster. older. The ride. It's like yeah. from when the like the the Brendan Fraser film came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The classic best incarnation of the mummy ever. The oh, Brendan Fraser one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no disrespect to the Scorpion King. Well, yeah. no disrespect to the Rock. Obviously not. No, no, never. <laughs> and the never. sound, the soundtrack from Scorpion King, with uh, I Stand Alone. Godsmack. Oh right! Oh yeah! <laughs> right, right, right! Oh yeah! You know, uh, you know, Classic. your band's gonna be great when you name it after an Alice in Chains song. <laughs> you know, it's like I think that that's like a that's a recipe for uh, for longevity and success. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. So when you guys recorded your last album, you were like nameless in that period, right? For, uh, for the preoccupations, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were. We were nameless for most, yeah, for all of the recording of that record, essentially. Yeah, and kind of half of the tour, like halfway through the Viet Cong self-titled uh, record cycle, we were kind of nameless, too. Halfway yeah. through, it was like we weren't billing ourselves as that anymore, and it was it was odd. Yeah. yeah. What is it like recording an album again with a name? Um, This one... Uh, I feel like it's it's better now because that's not the focus. I kind of feel like the last record got overshadowed by all the controversy and, and the name change, and like the music was never spoken of on the last record at all, which is maybe maybe because it sucks. I have no idea. I'm yeah, not, I'm not a music critic, but uh, I feel like it kind of got overshadowed, and this time people are listening and talking about the music and asking about the music more. It seems like, which is great. Because that's why we do it. We don't, you know, yeah. the name really doesn't have anything to do with it for us. But Yeah, I was going to say, though, like, the name Preoccupations, do you think it at all just came out of the sound of the music that you had made when you were in that nameless period, that it was just kind of a, a fit with that? No, uh, it was no. kind of more by, it was by default. We had, you know, a list of names and half of them were taken. Like, you go into all music and it's like any random thing that you could say right now, just randomly off the top of your head, look it up on all music and a band exists that's recorded music. Sure. Yeah, and, and especially, like, if when you're, when you're like, naming a band for the first time, it doesn't maybe matter if there was, like, a... If there's like a like a you know like a '50s band that had the same name that put out like one single or something like that, you know, you like you can sort of just like ignore a bunch of stuff like that. Whereas when it's when we're renaming it, and then under under public scrutiny, also. yeah, like so it, people, and, and then on like a pr- like like at that point too, like on a proper record label and like 
all that kind of stuff. Like it had to be, it had to be like something that legitimately hadn't been used before. Sure. You know, and so we, we had like, yeah, lists of like hundreds of names. And then we sort of narrowed them down to five that we thought were, were good that we could, that we could deal with. And then Preoccupations was literally the only one on that list that wasn't already a band name. Oh, what, what, what were the ones that were taken? Ah, I can't remember what the other ones were on the final five. Um, Godsmack. Yeah, Godsmack. God, Godsmack. Take it. Uh, the Offspring. Take it. Yeah. Um, Godsmack, Stain, Breaking <laughs> Benjamin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Creed was taken. <laughs> yeah. I was, what wanted to be called Creed. Yeah. No, it was kind of just by default. We really didn't. I mean, we put, at the same time, we put millions of hours of thought into the band name, but we also kind of put no thought into it in the end it was like we led we, we built it up to be this thing and at the end it was just kind of like okay i'll call it this yeah you guys are fine with that okay that was it yeah and it sounds like it's a good feeling to be on the other side of that and just have weathered that and to just it seems like a new mindset now and like you were saying people just more engaged with the music this time around uh, hopefully i mean and also it you know people like having something to talk about especially journalists when there's some you know degree of controversy or something then it, of course you're going to scoop that up because otherwise we're just playing music and it's boring it's like we what we're in the studio yeah. and we're working with a guy but like it is kind of just boring so anytime there's any level of controversy or something beyond just the music of course you would focus on that i mean i would probably too yeah and like controversies aside i do feel like a lot of time artists just have legitimate reasons to be bummed out with the press cycle game because there's sort of like maybe with a debut album there's a certain narrative there a certain sort of hype associated with that maybe with a sophomore album where it's like the second statement like coming back responding to that but when it gets to be like third and fourth and fifth album cycles i think a lot of times the press feels it has to latch on to something sexy Mm-hmm. And if that's not there and it's just like a good album, it sometimes just gets no, kind of shuffled aside. It's not aside. enough, yeah. It's it's odd. I mean, I don't I don't listen to a lot of new music. I don't really keep, I don't know, I'm not keeping tabs on new music or reading new press or anything like that. So I don't really know exactly how it's going. But I feel like you got to be grasping at shit for sure. And definitely, they're, you know, when they're giving you a one sheet, they want to make it like dramatic. Even if it's not necessarily it's sure, like, and I feel like a lot of like big records um, over the past few years have, you know, they've got a story behind them for sure. Mm-hmm. And if there's no story, then yeah, it maybe gets kind of tossed to, tossed by the wayside. But life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry. And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What about in just making the music itself and working like guitar music, working in punk or like genres associated with that? Is it ever sort of a challenge thing? Like, wow, a lot of this stuff has been written before. Like, how, oh, do yeah. we, how what, what can we do to be interesting? I, f- I feel like we've... Uh... That's a constant... Maybe not a struggle, but it's definitely constantly something that we're thinking of. We're trying to kind of get out of the box for sure, but we're also drawing from things that Mm -hmm. already exist. And yeah, everybody is though. Yeah, in any art form, that's that's going to be the case. But yeah, I feel like the more records we make, the less like there's less guitars on every record. I feel Hmm. like like on this record, even I feel like there's only maybe two songs with guitars on them. Yeah, it's gotten weirder. Like, and the really same weird. on the Preoccupations record. There's like, I think I only played guitar in one song on that record. And then it was all just keyboards and samplers. That's interesting because I, I felt like on your earlier albums, making guitars sound like other instruments was a big thing for you guys. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of just expecting the guitars to not really sound like guitars anyway. So <laughs> right. it's cool to hear now that there really aren't any guitars. Yeah, there's, That's there's, just what there's, we're telling couple, you. There's, a couple <laughs> there's guitars. guitars. <laughs> yeah. No, there's there's still some guitars, but uh, I don't know. It's definitely been we've gotten we've gotten a little we, different stuff. We've definitely been getting out of the box more. I feel like this record is kind of a better I don't know statement of us in the studio than any of the other ones have mm. been though. This was definitely like our most full on, you know, experimental, no constraints kind of record. Like we didn't have any uh, any deadlines or anything up until the end. Um, yeah, plus it was like it was nice to work on it on our, on our own too. Like we did the first EP on our own, and then some of the stuff for the first record, and about maybe like a third of the Preoccupations record, we worked on on our own. But it was nice to just like go in with the idea that we were just going to record it all ourselves and just like do it, you know. And so, um, I don't know. It took a lot longer because of that, I think, because you're not ever like there was never a point where. Where we were like, oh, we like when we were working with Graham, there was always like, okay, like we got to get stuff done. Like we'd be in the studio, like we'd rent well, a studio, yeah. and like we we've got two weeks, and we've got a an engineer that we're you know essentially paying by the hour. Yeah, and this time around, we didn't have any of that. We didn't have anyone asking us to make a record. We didn't even know what kind of record we wanted to make. We didn't have songs before mm-hmm. we went into the studio. It was very much a product of us just kind of tinkering around. Sure. Yeah, and especially like the first sessions we did were like we did good on the first sessions. We recorded most of the drums, but we like we were in Montana for a month. And then sometimes we'd just like like we'd like work for a couple days and then we'd like you know, like like watch that Metallica documentary and get super drunk and then get up the next day and just be like, Let's go for let's go to McDonald's and see the new Shyamalan movie. You know, it was just like a lot a lot of that where like and then we'd just like take a couple days where we'd just like sleep through a do, few days. Do and, nothing. Like, it was very it was very chilled out. Which was nice, and we actually did end up getting a lot done, but it um, just different vibes than, you know, paying for a professional studio sure. by the hour and having an engineer. It was kind of completely on our own terms. Yeah. Um, but some of it was recorded in a... A cabin in the woods, which that's I cool. feel like is a cool that's story. Like, that's that's, it. that's cool like what story. you put on the press one sheet. That's, yeah, that's like a cool, fun thing. I mean, well, it Montana was, sounds awesome. It was, but then I feel like Bonnie Vare did the cabin in the woods. This break. was Wisconsin, though. You yeah. took it a step. You, you got more further out. Montana, into... I would say, is more remote than Wisconsin, even. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You one up Justin good. Vernon. Not yeah, I mean, which several is times. Done. You know, going into this as my uh, profession, I've just always known that I've wanted, I've wanted to be one upping Justin Vernon. That's like kind of my number one goal. Bond? Bond. Yeah. <laughs> just want to one up Bond. That's, my, <laughs> we, that's we, my goal. We interviewed Rick Ross a few years back for a, a story wow. about, um, for the Kanye West album, for Duck Twisted Fantasy, because. Justin Vernon collaborated on that album, and we interviewed Rick Ross, and he was talk. He thought his actual first name was Bon. He was just like, "Yeah, we were just like in the studio smoking all this weed." <laughs> then there's just this guy, this Bon shows beautiful up. voice. I never heard this guy Bon Bon. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Uh, it makes me happy. Bon. Yeah, I know Bon. Uh, yeah, first name basis. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Rick Ross, what? I don't know. I really don't know anything about Bond. No, me neither. I've never heard, met him. I've heard some of the songs, and they're whatever. Yeah, it's pretty bland. It's nice. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, he's yeah. a label mate. We should. We're not should trash talk. Shout out Jag Jaguar. Yeah. yeah. Shouts. Uh, Shouts, Darius, if you're listening. Fuck you. We hate Bob. <laughs> <laughs> All the records you guys put out suck. Including, So going forward, what what is on your minds? What's exciting about this album coming out? We've been off for six months and starting to get a little stir-crazy, so getting back on the road seems pretty appealing right now. Whereas in the past, it maybe hasn't been as much because we were playing 200 shows a year. But we haven't worked since... Uh, September. September, basically. Okay, yeah. so it's... I toured in the, mid- in the middle there with my buddy Chad Van Gielen, um, mm-hmm. and then and then moved. Yeah, I mean, we've uh, we've, we've kind of kept busy, but I think for the most part, it's everyone's kind of raring to go get the show yeah. on the road. I know. Whenever I saw Danny, uh, Danny was in Montreal last week for a day. Like him and his girlfriend went to somewhere in northern Quebec for like for a vacation, and then uh, yeah, Danny was in Montreal, and he was. Uh, I think getting pretty antsy. Oh yeah, <laughs> you, you can tell. Danny gets pretty funny when he's antsy. I feel like he's spent the last six months just uh, like smoking weed and watching Pauly Shore movies at his house like, <laughs> all day. Or like, what's what's another like classic Danny movie? Oh, I watched uh, Air Airbud. Airbud oh, yeah, two. Airbud two. Airbud two. Golden <laughs> yeah. Receiver. Yeah, Golden <laughs> Receiver. Yeah. Um, yeah, or is that seventh inning fetch? Yeah. Oh man, that's amazing. Or we, uh, what was the other? Oh yeah, Buckeye, uh, uh, Buckeye Bonsai. Buckeye Bonsai. Buckeye Bonsai. Buckaroo Bonsai. You ever see Buckaroo Bonsai? Uh, no, I haven't. That's oh, classic man. though. But Buckaroo okay, so Bonsai is amazing. Danny has my Danny's our guitar player slash keyboardist, <laughs> little squirrely dude, and he's got. Uh, uh, my Netflix account password. So, and he's on there more than I am because I use my girlfriend's mostly. But the odd time I go on my one, 
and I, I've seen what he's been watching. You can see like yeah, recently, yeah, yeah. and it's always just the lowest brow shit, like, <laughs> like the Ernest movie. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. He loves the Ernest, Ernest movies. movies. <laughs> oh yeah, those those are some of his favorite. Just <laughs> terrible, <clears throat> and he, constantly like he. I feel like he watches a lot of movies, but anyways, yes. Raring to go. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think of you guys as like a road band. Like I've heard like, oh, they played 200-something shows last year and it seems right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's kind of – and it, it does turn into a slog at some point. By, by the end of uh, the tour last year, I was kind of hitting a wall. But oh yeah, I was like fully prepared to commit suicide. Yeah, but that was that was I was just like waiting for the thing. Like every day I'd get up and I was just like, this could be the day. Yeah, you know? what's gonna like, happen to me today? It's yeah. gonna push me right over the edge. Yeah, but that was the culmination of you know f- the previous four years, and we went hard, like very hard. So having having six months off, I think has been, uh, you know, uh, for all intents and purposes, pretty good for our brains and bodies. Um, oh yeah, but definitely yeah, yeah. Feeling fresh and and ready to get back to it, ready to get back to the uh, suicide tipping point. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got to push ourselves to the edge once again. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be good though. The tours aren't as crazy this time either. Like we do, like I think we do like six weeks in North America, but it's a bunch of like more than one day in cities. So we'll like okay. have an Airbnb and like not have to get up. And yeah, which I, I had the idea of maybe, and we'll see how it works. But rather than playing one big show just doing like three nights in smaller rooms and then yeah. actually spending three nights in a city and just sure. leaving your stuff on stage and I, I feel like so we so excited about it yeah I feel like we play better in smaller rooms that's kind of more our style and I like the interaction I like you know I like a packed 200 person room rather than playing to a thousand people or whatever it's mm-hmm. yeah. it's not as as personal and I feel like that's you know we get into it and I think end up playing better in smaller rooms. So that's the idea for this next tour. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, one story from the road I would love to hear you guys tell. Okay. What was it like playing the Third Man Record Store opening for Jack White in Detroit? We, we, uh, so we got there. It, we had to get there in the morning. We went and so we were playing like while they launched. They were trying to set the record for the furthest away from the earth that a record had ever been played. And so they got real NASA scientists to build a fucking satellite weather balloon that they then sent up into the air, and we played music while the weather balloon was going up until it popped, and then the record started playing, and it fell back down to the earth. And uh, Which we thought was live. But then we but went then back, we went into the backstage, <laughs> and they had the satellite in the backstage. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is this? And Jack White was back there. And the NASA scientist, who we ended up talking to and was, of course, like a rocket scientist. He was like the biggest nerd I'd ever talked to in my entire life. And then as soon as everyone left the room, me and Wallace were left with the satellite. And we, we oh, yeah, picked it up and we were just thrashing <laughs> banging it against the walls. Like we went, we oh, went. man, we, were, we, were, we got pretty rowdy that day. And then we... Uh, <clears throat> I fell asleep. Got, I passed got out in a parking lot at one point. Yeah, we got, we got kind of drunk and then we went... Because like, it was like 11 in the morning and we were just like, okay, like we need to like drink some tequila or something to just like get pumped enough to play the show at 12.30. And so we... So then like by 7 p.m. we're all just... just 
drunk. <laughs> and so and we went to this like rad Chinese restaurant where I ate where I ate like a full like fried fish that was so delicious. And then Flagel at one point just gets up and he's like, I'll be right back. And then like maybe like 20 minutes later, one of the waiters comes up and he's like, Is that your friend? Yeah, he's like, I think your buddy's passed out in the parking lot. <laughs> and so uh, Wallace went and tossed Matt in an Uber. Um, what do you remember of this night? Um, I remember up until that point, I also remember it was like Jack, went to bed. Jack White was doing like a speech for the thing, and I made like a pretty terrible joke that I yelled, <laughs> oh, uh, which I'm not, I'm not going no, no. to repeat right now, but no. it was very... Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Jack White listens to this podcast. <laughs> no, still, it's still not. It's not, it's not, not something not I'm going to repeat, but um, uh, we were in that state of mind, basically, yeah. just... But they were honestly, it was really nice. I and it was it was nice. Like he he like showed us around the like they 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 bought Ace Mastering, I think, or they like bought somebody's mastering studio like properly, and mm. then they're building like a record pressing plant. As far as like meeting meeting like a proper rock star, and then like seeing what they've what they've like put their money into, I was honestly pretty impressed with that place. It was like yeah, a and cool he's zone. he's definitely championing music still, and I I totally respect that. Yeah, like he's. He's a rock star, but he's, you know, he's putting money and his name back into the shit. He's not like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I also just remember, too, that uh, we, uh, maybe at, like, three or four in the afternoon or whatever, we're just, like, hanging out in the back. Like, the backstage was just, like, there in their, like, office section of the, of the back of the record store. And then, like, at one, at one point, like, somebody ran in and was like, Jack just left, and then and then two people just started smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I love Detroit, though. It's such a cool city. Yeah, I love Detroit. There's like too. such good stuff going on there, and um, yeah, we've got good buddies there. It's it's a very chilled out place. It's definitely got its own thing that doesn't really exist anywhere yeah. else. It's a uh, you can basically do whatever you want anywhere. And people aren't really going to put up much of a stink, I don't think, because there's, you know, they've no, got, they've no, got, bigger, they've got bigger fish to fry. Fully lawless. There's no like, <clears throat> there's no anything. It's <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it's one of my favorite places I've ever been. I would move to Detroit in a second. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be one of those ones in twenty years though that is, you know, it's going to be completely changed. Oh yeah, it, 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 seems, it seems like everyone's kind of people are starting to flock there because. You can buy a house for fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or you can just like get a like get a building and then have nobody ever ask you any questions about what you're doing there. Like sure. no one will ever come by and see it. You could realistically have a building like there's like when we were so we so we were we went to our friend Chris's studio, and which is often where we stay there. And he he was he's our old sound guy, and like his street is like has his studio and this rad bike shop and like a wicked cocktail bar and a and uh, like a barbecue place. And then you literally like get in the car and to drive to Third Man Records and it's like you drive for you drive for like 20 minutes through like a banded insanity and then you just get to this other street that has the same kind of stuff. It had like Third Man Records and this microbrewery and like a cool restaurant and then that's it though. There's yeah. not like, it's not like a, you know, there's not even like two blocks of stuff. It's just like somebody built something cool here and then now it's like. They build things like around they, that. Yeah, sure. it's like, it's you know, it's like little pockets of stuff are kind of spreading out but then it's like seriously like all around Third Man Records for blocks in every direction is just like abandoned warehouses. You could have had some fun if you wandered outside of that Chinese restaurant parking lot. Mm. Yeah. It couldn't make it any further than the parking lot. No. <laughs> I, mean, I just needed uh, to nap, you know? 
Sometimes yeah. you get that, uh, you are overcome with exha- exhaustion. And Flegel I'd... just like passed out in a Detroit parking <laughs> lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whatever. Still had, I still had my phone in my wallet at the end of the night, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So plenty to look forward to on tour this time. Part two of that when you go through Detroit. That's right. It's yeah. all happening. Yeah, it's yeah. all happening. Yeah. It'll be, Watch uh, it'll out be Detroit. Good. Yeah, Detroit's always a bit of a mess. It's, uh, you know. We have pretty good for sure. Yeah. Got some good friends there. That Proto Martyr band is like pretty good buddies, too. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, we've played a few shows with them, but we're always uh, always hanging out with them. Their bass player, Scott, has like a... He lives like... I feel like his mom bought a second house at one point and then she just moved into the second house and so he lives at his mom's old house by himself and then he bought he bought two pinball machines and then he fucking won two more pinball machines in two separate raffles (laughs) and so it's like he's got like the most the most like teched out like it's like what you when you're like 14 or 12 like, when, I'm, like, yeah, when is, I grow up I'm gonna have it yeah. gonna it's <laughs> like, have my it's pinball like, house yeah, yeah, exactly. have my playhouse yeah. my drinking with my friend's house yeah, it's totally like uh, <laughs> oh man that's totally totally his place it's so hilarious um yeah um but yeah then yeah I think tour will be good I don't know what specifically I'm looking <laughs> forward me. to I'm actually looking forward to go to Europe again actually we're doing two Europe tours in June and July um, and I find that those ones usually are just slightly better. Yeah, usually slightly better. We do a little better there, and yeah, people people care about us more over there a little bit. I think. I think so too. And I, it feels good when people care. Yeah, of course it does. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, uh, yeah. No, it's just different. Well, you found a little paperclip. Yes, I did. You lucky boy. <laughs> People care. It's a good feeling. Is uh, is there anything else you guys want to touch on? Talks about a lot of fun stuff. Anything else? Um, uh, we didn't talk about any of the unfun stuff. We can get there. What's <laughs> the unfun stuff? No. We, we already went there also. Yeah, the album is called New Material, March 23rd. <laughs> oh, yeah, we named it New Material. <laughs> I'm so happy about that. What a stupid name for an album. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much to Matt and Scott for coming along. New material, yes, that's what they named it. That's the name of the new Preoccupations. It is out March 23rd on Jag Jaguar and uh, on a label called Flemish Eye in Canada. They're from Calgary. We got to rep the Canadian label. And we'll be back, Alternative Facts Podcast, we'll be back next Thursday to get it automatically subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Hashtag Alternative Facts, all one word. That's the name of the show. While you're there, give us a star rating. Helps a lot. And even more important than that, just let us know what you think. Write in some feedback. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to see more of. All that sort of thing. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Plane. Chris Payne is my name. Find me on there. I'm always dropping little hints about what's coming up with the show. And uh, I actually just said something about next week's guest, who I'm very, very excited about. Return guest, a New York rock legend coming uh, coming back to the podcast next week. I'm excited. Uh, anyway, yeah, we'll be back next Thursday. Have a good week, guys. Peace out.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.